Hi, and welcome back to the Mob Mentality Show. I'm Chris Lucian, and my emergency co-host today is uh, Luis Martinez. And uh, today uh, we have Emily Earhart and William Munn, and we are going to be talking about uh, mob world building for games and fiction, uh, collaborative analog uh, design processes, and general leaning up of things at work and play. Is there really a difference? So uh you know we can jump into that soon but before we do uh emily would you introduce yourself and then pass it off to will absolutely hi my name is emily i do world building and game design using these cool tools that we're going to talk about today uh currently i'm working with will to create a game called vi the ancestrials and it is a tarot card rpg which um it's gonna be really cool hopefully come out later this year all right awesome and will Great. I'm Will Munn, and I am. Uh, I've been in software for you know a couple of decades, uh, and have started doing a lot of work with analog game design over the last, I would say, probably six years or so, um, and have had a lot of fun with that, um, including much of what we're going to talk about. Um, let's see, what else to say? Uh, oh yeah. Um, I run the Adepticarus game design and uh, publishing studio. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, and real quick, because our audience may not know Luis, uh, maybe Luis, you want to give a sound bite about yourself as well? Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm a software uh, developer working at Hunter for the last nine or so years. Um, board game chops started before then, so I'm in 2010. Uh, haven't delved too much into uh, making my own board games yet, but I dabbled in expansions and the occasional rules argument. Um, but uh, yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, uh, yeah, maybe we can jump into mob world building for games and fiction. So uh, what do you have in mind there? It sounds really interesting. Uh, you know, <laughs> I can tell I'm already uh, going to be a fan. <laughs> well, it's, it's, um, it's actually an idea that came about uh, as part of a, a writing group. So we were actually using, you know, I'm assuming your audience is going to be familiar with like lean coffee. We were using lean coffee to organize like this, this writing, writing group, basically this work based writing group. So we're at work and we're taking like a lunch break and we're talking about ideas for, for what we want to talk about and learn to be better writers. And um and so we used it to kind of like select topics for things we wanted to talk about and just basically do the lean coffee thing right and somebody in the group was like hey wouldn't it be really cool if we just used this to make a world like and then you could write about it and um i was kind of you know i was kind of like yeah i don't know i don't know if i want to do that <laughs> uh, but we actually did do it um as as an experiment one time um and it went so well um that myself and this other person his name is drew drew gherkin um went and we went to a couple of um sort of writing conventions and did it with a group of people in on a panel basically right and just did like a whole room of people and we we did lane coffee with them to make a world basically um and it was so successful and so fun and everybody just loved it um that you know i came back and said okay how do we turn this into like an actual game because it's not a game right now it's just a fun activity right and so we kind of spent a lot of time 
actually a couple years in development on it and eventually did a Kickstarter and, and made a book and released it. So yeah, that's kind of how it came about. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, so, um, that would be, I guess on the fiction side, right. And then that eventually turned into a game, uh, as well, or. Yeah, absolutely. And we, we actually use this tool to, to make worlds for games as well. And that's, uh, something him and I have done a lot of, um, Mm -hmm. we could, we could talk about that more. Um, but the, the book itself is actually um, part of a, a series of tabletop role-playing game books, right? Called Arium. And so that first book is called Arium Create, and it's just about doing world building. And there's there's a little more nuance to it than just lean coffee. Like there, there are some tokens that you can use as kind of a currency to 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 do some things. And and there's a little structure around it where you say, hey, we're gonna go through these phases. And and the main difference between it and and sort of traditional lean coffee is you're always building on what you did before, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to start at kind of the highest level and do some creation and you'll collaborate and talk together. And then you vote after you, after you get through that part of things. And then you move on to another round where you get into more detail and everything you said before is true, right? And so you're, you're building off of that true thing that you've already established this canon, right? And then expanding on it and doing a, another round of the same thing. We basically go through seven rounds of that to generate a really cool world for a game or for fiction or whatever you want. Nice. Uh, Emily, do you have anything to add from that standpoint? Yeah, just to kind of add on to that. So I came into Arium Create like when it was an early phase and like Kickstarter process. So I'm a streamer. I like to do games online. And Will introduced me to Trello, which was like my first introduction to any of this sort of stuff. (laughs) And I was like, I need a program that lets me contact with people across the globe immediately. And we can be updating the same thing that I can put on a screen and like show Twitch. And uh, it became like a really cool process where we were in real time crafting these things with audience participation. And it was just, it's, it's a great time. Yeah. Big recommend. Awesome. It was kind of so, funny just because I didn't have a background in it at all. So all I've ever used this sort of stuff for is for role-playing games. <laughs> so uh, did you, uh, did you do any live, live streams of, of the game playing or anything along those lines? Is that? Yeah, across many channels, actually. Uh, We had a fun game that Will put together that was on PG from Survivor. She ran it on her channel for us, and we had a bunch of cool guests, and it was a really awesome time. You can find that all on YouTube, I think, on Will's channel. Fantastic. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll collect some links, and we'll put them in the show notes for sure. Um, Yeah, and so uh, in these formats... um, are there any uh, I don't know specific things that either of you um, would call out as being uh, uh, really interesting side effects of doing story building this way or game building this way? Yeah, um, it's actually a really phenomenal consensus building tool. I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you would think that maybe if you're going through this process and you're trying to create something, everybody is doing their own creation that maybe people would get upset if their thing didn't get voted in or whatever. Um, But the way it actually works out is generally everybody just loves what comes out at the end and they're happy with it because, you know, that's, I mean, it's really, it's kind of what lean coffee is meant to do, right? 
it's meant to find a way to help people get on the same page about what to talk about and get those most important things on and 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 continue thinking about them and and improving them and and sometimes you do the drill down thing with clean coffee as well but but it's a little more structured the way we have it in the game right uh emily anything like serendipitous that you caught or any 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 particular moment in in a game that was like whoa i never thought that would have come up yeah i i have had that happen so many times unfortunately it's hard to narrow it down to one experience because everybody has such vastly different ideas that once you get them on the page and you start pairing them together you get incredible genre mashes uh we did west old west with uh dragons one time and just being able to like okay you know what how was the interaction with dragons in the old west you get these really wild combinations uh uh, what's another cool one we had? We had uh, everybody had superpowers and they were related to Greek and Roman gods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're traversing between uh, up being up in the sky or beneath the ocean. And it's just absolutely incredible the concepts you can come up with. And not only do you do that, like, with just the world building for games, you can also take it into a writing direction. I think um, Arium was originally going to be for books, right? Well, uh we we had talked about it potentially being mm -hmm. that way yeah but it didn't it didn't end up that because it just felt like a game right yeah um, it's just so, so much fun yeah yeah um i think you know there are there are a lot of that's a great example right is that it's mm -hmm. it's always somewhat unexpected i think mm -hmm. what comes out of it i've never had a case where i came out of it with you know like basically something that was like oh well we've just created the expanse again or you know mm -hmm. we've, we've just <laughs> we've just created the wheel of time or or something like that it's always unique and and feels different because of the different minds that come together and the way that it works out mm -hmm. yeah that was what i was going to ask if, if you've ever found that you gravitated to particular concepts or uh um i hate to say genres but just mm -hmm like similar ideas before for example yeah. i wouldn't be able to stop myself from like not doing a sci-fi one every time so I, to, <laughs> I would have to keep that in check but yeah but that, that's personally me yeah no and i love science fiction so it, it you know comes up a lot sometimes they end up mashed up a little bit which can be mm -hmm. fun um i don't know we've done a couple of so we've been using this um more recently now it's a it's a game it's out there people can buy it like we're about actually we're very close to um to selling out of our original print run now so probably gonna maybe go oh, to kickstarter and do a reprint here before too long but um once it's once it that's sold out then you know there'll be a thousand print copies out there and then there are quite a lot of um of digitals as well right so it's for sale digitally in several formats and and uh and so there's probably maybe another thousand copies out there that way. Um, but it's, you know, so it's not like huge. It's not Dungeons and Dragons, right? But but it's it's got a community. And so we're going to keep working on it, actually have some plans to continue to expand on it. Um, but the way that we've been using it more recently is to design worlds for, as Emily mentioned, for Vi. Um, yes. So Vi is a, it's a multiverse setting. 
And so we have, you mentioned, I think that it, that we use tarot cards. And so in a tarot deck, there are 22 trump cards called the major arcana. And each one of those is a different world in this game that we've been making. And so we build a new world for every single one of them. Um, and that's what's going to be in the final product when it gets released. Yeah, it sounds like a great way to collaborate. <laughs> yeah. It is a good way to collaborate because we can like to, like join with the community and just get it going. But also it helps us come up with 22 fresh ideas that we could never have thought of on our own, uh, which is awesome. Because it gets really, really, it drills down into some really creative uh, topics, I think. All right. Well, uh, maybe it's a good time to jump over to kind of the next topic, collaborative analog game design practices. What do you have in mind there? You want to start, Em? Uh, do I want to start, Will? I don't know. <laughs> um, I want to I want them to hear it from the viewpoint of someone who hasn't worked like this professionally at like in software. So sure. So you got to sure. know our audience is very familiar with Trello and, <laughs> and clean coffee and so and maybe right. less familiar with, you know, board gaming or live streaming mm -hmm. a story driven game. Right. <laughs> sure. OK, Um. I think first off, from just like an absolute fresh perspective on this, it has a couple of things that really stand out to me. First off. The organization is gorgeous. I always know like what we're working on and what we're working towards and what we've finished. Uh, and having those like Kanban boards built in, we're using Notion right now. And so we use like the Kanban board and we have like what hasn't been started, what is in progress, what is done. And just being able to have that organization and that free up to date between the two of us where we can also assign tasks as needed or jump onto the same one and just like work through a topic. Um, it's just been super helpful, but also not limiting. It doesn't ever feel like it's a checklist that I am constantly having to update. It feels like an interactive tool that actually keeps you inspired and moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, so, and <laughs> so I'm doing this with several different, um, collaborative partners on several different games right now, actually. And all of us, we meet like maybe once a week or maybe twice a week, right? And we usually do like in-person collaboration that entire time whenever we meet. So we'll do, you know, we'll go like review what we've got going on on the board. Like, was there anything that wasn't finished? Usually we try and finish things before the end of it, of a given session. Session might last between two and four hours, something like that. Um, and then we, you know, just open up our, our ID is Notion, basically, right? So we're writing um, and we we write in an iterative style. So we're writing, you know, usually start with bullet points mm -hmm. and then bullet points get more specific and then they become paragraphs. Sometimes we go and make a graphic that we insert in and uh, and just continue to improve iteratively on everything in the entire um, manuscript, I guess, as we go. And then sometimes we stop and say, okay, we've got a concept here. Let's go test it out. And we'll go to like um, Miro or something like that. And we'll like, mm -hmm. sometimes we'll whiteboard out like the flow of how something's working. It might be like a flow chart. It might be a, um, it might be just an actual like live play test. Hey, let's try this, right? Let's run through it a few times and see what happens. But we, we do it all together. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, it, it's funny because Miro, <laughs> Miro, it certainly can be used for playtesting something like that. And I think of, uh, you know, hosting games in Roll20 or uh, other um, systems like that. Uh, and it, it, it's, you know, the, the collaborative design tools have kind of turned into, uh, you know, actual board game like locations, right? It's very similar technologies all across the board. So I, I find yeah. it really interesting that uh, um, it's grown so much in that space. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty nice. If everybody actually has a license for Miro, it's got, there's a couple of um, tools out there you can, like plugins you can use for it that even will do dice rolling and, you know, card drawing if you have individual images of all the, cards that you want to use and just put them in a stack and it'll randomly bring one to the top and yeah so it's it's kind of nice I, we actually use that uh quite a bit every saturday <laughs> yeah yeah wow that's awesome um do you uh so so in this like in, in your regular meetings uh do you find that like um one meeting will in influence the other or are these just completely different groups of people uh on different projects is that how it is yeah it uh usually it's different projects oh, so okay. it's because it's you know we're we're writing you know games or books for games right it's um usually only two or three people per okay. per collaborative group and so usually it's all those people meeting together whenever we're working on something. Is there anything that you do to resolve conflicts, like a big disagreement or something like that? Mm. Or, or yeah, what do we do to resolve conflicts? Sam? Um, I think that we test the two the, the different theories. We say, okay, so you think it should go this way. Let's let's what what does that look like? What does that affect um, from what we've already written and what we are going to write and how and like, how does it work out with the dice, the cards? Let's do the math on the different pieces. What does that change in the chance? And yeah, it just comes to testing. And then is it fun? Is it too fiddly? There's just like a series of questions like I feel like we go through to find out what the best solution is. Yeah. Sometimes we'll, so we're working in Notion and it's a, you know, it's like a Google mm -hmm. document or whatever. So you can both be editing at the same time. Um, we don't always, we're, we're usually not always editing at the same time. Usually somebody's driving, right. And, and somebody's talking ideas. Um, but sometimes if we're like, you know what, we're not coming, neither one of us is coming up with a great idea here. We'll both stop and write for a couple, like for a minute or two, and then come back and look at what each of us has mm -hmm. written and, and see what we like and yeah. And maybe end up with a combination of the two, or maybe one of them's just better. Oftentimes it is a combination of the two, uh, yeah. Just and some sometimes it's really fun because we're on like the similar track and we both have half of the puzzle. Like ah, perfect, yeah. we can we can marry this together now. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I remember uh, there was a uh, there was a Comic Con that I went to a long long time ago when when Lost uh, was still popular. I guess the TV show Lost, and the the writers were talking to each other, and one of the things they talked about was uh, writing themselves into a corner and then trying to work their way out. Um, you see any of that? Like, you know, I, I feel like there's really a big opportunity here for adversarial games. Like, uh, 
um, you know, one person writes the group into a corner and then other people, the others have to be creative to, to bail you out or something like that. Is anything like that <laughs> happening? Or... <laughs> uh, you want to answer that, Will? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say so much writing into a corner, though there oh. are times where like, ooh, that doesn't work because of X, mm. Y, and Z. Mm. And it's just like a matter of retooling. It's It can be kind of difficult, I guess, mm. um, especially if you're like really passionate about the idea that you had. Mm. And if it just doesn't fit, you have to just put it in a maybe another time folder. Maybe somewhere else, maybe a different game. We do um, have a backlog of things that are not for now, basically, right? Like uh -huh. that just didn't work at the moment. Um, right. But I think that that one of the things that happens is we, um, uh, when we work on on something, it's often in a way that that we can come to, I think, a good sort of consensus approach to something. Um, mm -hmm. But like with code, um, sometimes you built in some sort of uh, assumption early on that is incorrect or wrong, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have to go back and you have to refactor, right? And you have to refactor everything because it's everywhere, right? Sometimes if you're unlucky, yes. if you're lucky, it's not everywhere, but... Uh, uh, and it's not as easy with, you know, English as a written language to just replace everything, maybe like it can sometimes be with code, or maybe you've sort of centralized your concerns. And we do try and centralize concerns, obviously, right? You don't want to say the same thing in 10 different places in the manuscript. Refer to you page five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Or short code or something for yeah, go to content. Go to page five. Go yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but we do we do um sometimes we just tackle that you know it's like okay well you start at the bottom of the manuscript i'll start at the top and we'll find all the references to this thing and we'll you know we'll fix it so, just brute force your way right through yeah all right yeah one uh, concept i've come up with this is uh not specifically with it was more for like music and not <laughs> not coding because mm -hmm. but one thing that's been pretty liberating is when i ask uh whoever i'm working with is like it's it's your turn for a, a solo idea you have your permission to do like the worst or the best you want but just have that freedom mm. granted it's a little bit more straightforward <laughs> when you have different editing sound channels to then change it oh, if we yeah. need be but um uh the the freedom and uh you kind of get some really good ideas I was like i'm gonna do the i'm gonna do the worst thing i got and they're like but we love it <laughs> it's like right. hey, let's incorporate that kind of deal um and i'm curious if like uh if you guys have uh kind of a similar level of like uh, safety with that with that regards like just like give me the most fun idea or give me like the most uh or your most uh i guess uh like cold logical ideas possible i think uh, the first example that comes to my mind for that is sometimes when we're really stuck and we're just like, I don't know how to say this. We're like, well, I'm just gonna put garbage words on the page and we can fix it later. And we just get like, once we have a page of garbage, it can then turn into a refined half page of legitimate readable words. 
that's probably, we just have to have that comfort of being like, Hey, I'm going to put some garbage down where we can sort the garbage later. Okay. Okay. And just tap away at that. So, so are you, is it something where you like have just a document open and everybody's writing into it for the story writing? I, I understand the play testing in Miro, um, or is it just like rough ideas that will then get refined into more flowing logic later? Or yeah. language. Um, <laughs> so there isn't, so a lot of what we do is, you know, more around rules and things. So it does end up being a little bit more like, you know, a little more structured. Um, and so we're, we'll, we started with an outline, right. Um, of the entire thing. And it's set up in notion in a way that you have, you know, nested like things as part of that outline. And so we'll say, okay, this page is where we're going to explain this to people who are, who want to play the game, right? And we'll start with, you know, just bullet points and put down, like Am said, sometimes complete garbage, right? It's like, mm -hmm. uh, we think this and maybe this and then probably that, right? And just go through and then later we'll come back and maybe we've tested some of those assumptions in a play test and then we'll refine them and some of them might get removed entirely. Actually, that's happened quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and some of them uh, persist and just get honed into something that is better and easier to understand. And sometimes we come back to things that are on some of those pages and say, what on earth were we thinking? I have no idea what was going on here. You know, like if there's something that's important here, let's like, pull it out of the manuscript, put it in like a, an item in the backlog or something. And then we can determine if that's something we ever care about ever again, but sometimes it just isn't. And it just gets deleted when we review those things. All right. Um, when mob programming, uh, I, I see people taking turns, right. Or, or you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's usually a timer blocks up the screen. Yep. Rotates the drive. Do you do anything like that to rotate the driver quote unquote, or, uh, whoever's manipulating the the computer or the tool that you're using you know we haven't but i i think it would be really interesting to do it mm -hmm. i think we are pretty we're pretty good about switching off turns um and so i think that's usually it's like you know somebody's brain power will start to go down and then you switch off right mm -hmm. and that and that kind of is the natural timer um, at least for me, I don't, M's brain power probably never really ebbs, but that's mine, not mine true. <laughs> um, but, uh, with the, one of the other groups that I do this with where there are three of us, right. I think that approach is a little more essential, right. When there's just two of you, usually you can get yeah. into a, a flow that works for the two of you, I think, but when there's more than two it gets difficult to make sure that everybody is getting sort of mm -hmm. a minute of spotlight to, to talk about what's working for them and, and to continue. All right. Uh, well, uh, you know, might be a good time to switch to the next topic. Um, general leaning up of things that work and play. And is there a difference? What did you have yeah. in mind there? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, I, I see this whole exercise as kind of a, doing that right mm -hmm. i mean the fact that this got pulled into something that had nothing to do with work but it was definitely inspired by what was going on at work mm -hmm. right um i don't know i'm interested I, i'm kind of curious and like have you had any 
any experience in life where you've taken some of what we've done either from what's in Arium or from how we've been working together and use it in other places? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was actually quite furious when I figured out all these things existed and I hadn't had access to them before. I like set up a sauna. I was like, hey, everybody, we're going to start using a sauna now. Like, here's your tasks. Make sure you get them done. <laughs> and just uh, doing that for both like I have like a small uh, content creator community that I do that with. And then also my personal life, just like tracking everything that needs to get done, making sure I'm keeping up on my stuff. Um, it's an amazing organizational tool that I've been lacking. Now I'm much more productive and it also makes it fun, like moving something over to the done column or like checking complete gives me that little hit of dopamine that I need so bad. I'm like, yes, it's finished. Get out of here. And then I get to see my done checklist, like get larger and larger. I think we're at 70 in our notion, Will, just with like all the stuff, all the tasks and projects that we've completed. Um, yeah, it makes mundane things more exciting and also more organized, which gives me more joy in my life. I'm honestly surprised more people are using it. It's funny the the done column growing thing like it's to, it's it's great because I, I think a lot of uh, just creators in general um, they go a long time and be like I do the same thing all the time and it never like grows mm -hmm. no one realizes the um, the size of their accomplishments you know unless mm -hmm. it goes viral it, then everything is the same and nothing's moving forward or something and uh, and so I, I think it's really uh, it's really great when you you can uh it's almost like a um uh a, a way to just help yourself psychologically like, uh -huh. like yes i am getting a lot of stuff done and that is good and you know still following the plan or whatever um so yeah i totally agree it's awesome that's right. so true and it also helps like your friends right like if you're in the group with them and they've been ticking things off but they don't feel like they're moving forward you have evidence to now say hey go look at your done list look at everything you've done you're amazing it's it i love the just like it's cold hard facts you yeah. did stuff you're going somewhere yeah, it's, it's visual cool. too it's like a loading mm -hmm. bar for for your plans 100 yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do like um, I've read most of Making Work Visible by Dominica de Grandis. And I think that's I don't know if I said her name right, but um, it's such a such a cool like it's, you know, it just goes back to that all the way back to sort of Toyota manufacturing. Right. And the way that we that they've sort of uncovered these ideas of how making work visible just makes everything better. Right. Um and, and it really does. It's really true. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things that this whole conversation reminds me of. So, um, you know, there are a lot of different retrospective formats that I've used uh, at home, um, you know, kind of namely like decision mapping. Uh, uh, the one exercise like should Frodo throw the ring off of the top of Mordor or hide it and <laughs> keep it for himself or whatever. Um, I've used lean coffees in all sorts of environments. Um and yeah, it, it, it's funny. I, I think that there's so much friction in the software industry that we need all these tools just to get along. <laughs> and so, um, but we don't realize like how much it, it, you know, some of these tools could help in uh, even less stressful environments or uh, less structured environments, I guess. You know? oh, yeah. um, 
and it's and it's easy enough it, it's just enough structure without too much structure and i think you know because mm -hmm. too much can take a lot out of it for sure as well it's something about working with a device that can immediately calculate things faster than you can and give you instant feedback yeah. tends to generate necessitate that <laughs> yeah. some of these tools um but yeah in, in particularly lower stakes environments with regards to like um something that you're doing for fun like uh, not necessarily setting up a party, but uh, like planning a a theme for a party. <laughs> it's a little bit more fun than the the other specifics of it. Um, it it helped. Yeah. The uh, okay. So uh, my yeah, microphone dies. Can you hear me now? Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, I think we yeah. have. Um, uh, we're kind of getting to time. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to plug or share before we close it up? Or any final thoughts? <laughs> any final thoughts, Em? Um, you, you just said something about like organizing it and figuring out flow of things. I would say one more thing that's been kind of handy is using these tools and also like flow charts of how mechanics will work when we hand them to a play tester. Uh, this organization helps other people picking it up, learn it quicker. So it's not just helpful for us, I think. I think using these tools makes the end user have a more enjoyable experience. Um, I think that'd be my probably my final thought. Yeah, I think that's really cool. I think it's true. Um, I I don't know. I'm it's always interesting to me when you go to a new place and you find out that, uh, you know, people haven't ever done anything collaboratively or they haven't, you know, figured mm -hmm. out how to make their work visible and, and whatnot. And, and you get, you know, sort of these environments that I don't want to say that it's dysfunctional to a, to a fault or, or by, by rule, but sometimes feels a little dysfunctional. Right. Um, and, bringing it's it's funny to me how, how fast some very simple changes can make a big difference mm -hmm. in those types of environments um even just you know and making sure that people have a voice right and that and that they're getting good feedback from the people that they're working with like constantly right just that that simple ability makes such a huge difference versus just handing someone something and saying, okay, here you go. This is your thing. Let me know when you're done in two or three weeks. Right. It just, you know, that mode of working may work for some people, but I don't think it works really well for a lot of people. And so it's, I don't know, I've been going through a sort of a transformation at my, at my day job over the last nine to 10 months or so where you know they weren't doing any of these types of things right and as we've gone through and implemented them it's amazing to see how the light comes on for people over time they're like oh, it's just really a lot better right and what we're <laughs> doing it just feels better and and yeah we are we are delivering more and and sooner as well but but aside from that it just feels better 
Uh, it is that, exciting, yeah, to like show up and be like, hey, so what are we going to work on today? And like be able to work on it with somebody side by side and get those ideas and improvements live. It's it's really great. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, everybody knows I'm a big fan of uh, <laughs> collaboration. <laughs> um, that, 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 that did kind of kick something off in my head. Uh, what about, are there any other retrospective formats or do you like, do you revisit, uh, you know, how things are going or just happy, sad or anything beyond that? Uh, anything mm. other than lean coffee that you're using in, in any of this? Yeah. Uh, that's a great, great question. I mean, of course at work and we're doing, you yeah. know, all sorts of different types of retrospectives. And I think that's a really important part of figuring out how to improve and continue. I think we, M, you and I, we do experiments from time to time, right? Where we say, hey, let's try a new experiment, right? And and just sort of see how it works. And I think that's the main form of, of retrospective that we've done is the, hey, let's try a new experiment. And then when it's done, we'll talk about whether or not we liked it. And then we'll either continue doing it or we won't, right? Yeah, I feel like in, in creation, especially if you have like a, a really smooth and good flow it um maybe retrospectives that are more common in the software industry that focus more on fixing the negative are mm -hmm. not as uh necessarily as useful but like turning up the good and other things like that I, right. I mean in my mind is uh you know it's like where are the bright spots and and focusing on those i think that'd be kind of an interesting thing yeah um, yeah you're you're absolutely right <laughs> Yeah, the four Y is kind of my go-to for anything that's not immediately like work-related. Okay. What I hear most of the day, anyway. Like, why is this question? And like, eventually, you get to the point where I'm like, well, because I like it that way. <laughs> or it's just all right. Um, are there uh, so uh, plugging or sharing? So podcasts, games available, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, anything that. Emily, would you like to start and then? <laughs> sure. Uh, my name is Emily. As I said before, we've talked about the whole time. You can find most of my stuff at level1geek.com. We have a blog where we talk about how to get into the beautiful hobby of TTRPGs with confidence and knowing like kind of what's going on. You can also find like our podcast on many platforms where we do an actual play of Pathfinder 2nd Edition. We're doing Stolen Fate and i stream all over the internet i'm i'm kind of i jump on any channel that'll that needs a face honestly <laughs> i'm there and playing uh for me the best place uh to look is probably uh the website for adepticris it's just adepticris.com um you can see the like i've got links to socials and things there um, you can also see the the games that we're either currently uh, have available or are producing. Um, the Arium Create, Arium Discover um, games are there, um, as well as we just did a, a crowdfund for um, a new game called Science Starlight, which is a solo, uh, it's lonely science fiction solo role-playing. Um, and so it's... Uh, was we did it we ran the crowdfunding for it over the holidays uh on kickstarter and did kind of a you know like a a very tongue-in-cheek come be lonely with us for the holidays uh <laughs> marketing campaign that actually worked really well so 
Um, so that's fun. That's going to be coming out in digital forms here in like a week. Um, and then it'll be, it'll be in print in, the, in a few months. So, yeah. All right. Very good. Well, uh, you know, and, and again, Luis, thank you for uh, joining us as a co-host and uh, to our audience. Um, if you know somebody uh, that is in software development uh, and is into TTRPGs or uh, or world building or games or fiction, uh, then please share this episode with them. I'm, I'm sure that they'll find it very interesting. Uh, you know, please chat with us in the comments. Talk, you know, do you think this method of doing things would work or not? You know, tell us what you think. Uh, like, subscribe, uh, notification bell, all that. And, uh, you know, thanks everyone for being on the show. Thanks for everyone for watching the show and we'll see you all later. Bye everybody.